the Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They've reached the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. We are back second time this week. The return of the OT, episode number 174 for future considerations. I am John. Matt and Manny are here. Guys, how's your week been? I know we only talked a few days ago, but uh, yeah, where you lots been? has happened. <laughs> you changed, John. I don't know. You changed. That wouldn't be something the old John would say. Right? Where you been? I got a few more things to say about the Eagles. Oh, God. Here we go. Is it Super Bowl yet? Let's Boy, go, you know, baby. Let's go. You got to wait another whole other week. <laughs> another week? I'm not waiting another week. Let's go. You coming over? <laughs> In I'll a week. Play. Come on, come over Sunday. We'll put on the 2018 Super Bowl for you. Let's relive that moment when the Eagles won it again. Already saw it. <laughs> <laughs> know, how, know how it ends. It was so good, you got to see it twice. <laughs> how many times have you watched that final game in the Super Bowl game? 17. <laughs> I may be exaggerating a a bit. (laughs) Dad had a bad day at work. He's watching the Super Bowl again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I may be underestimating that number, too. Still yelling at the TV, too. (laughs) Why would you run it there? It's going to be okay, Dad. (laughs) Sometimes I get a little nervous, too, still watching the game like I did back five years ago. Oh, man. Okay, fine. I got to wait another week. If you missed our debate show earlier this week, then you missed a lot. We'd talk about the Bull Horvat trade, some good betting options with Connor McDavid, and a look back at the NFL Conference Championships with the Eagles and the Chefs ahead of the Super Bowl. That's right. Stay tuned next week. We are going to talk all about the Chiefs and the Super Bowl and offer up some tasty betting options as well with some special guests as we beat the Fox pregame show to death with our own <laughs> pregame Super Bowl show. It's purely dedicated to Patrick Mahomes. No, no, no. Easy. Who? Never heard of him. Hey, Rashad, by the way, make sure you get some tasty betting options in there, like the color of Gatorade. Okay. Right? Yeah, over, under under on, over under on the national anthem. Find okay. some other ones there for us next week. Okay, I'll see what I can do. And uh, we mentioned special guests because that is what we'd like to do on the OT. This is where we invite one to join us to talk sports. And we do have a special guest indeed. This guy is someone we got to know when he played for the Owen Sound Attack in the Ontario Hockey League. He also played in the AHL, the ECHL, as well as in Denmark and Slovakia. But you may know him from parts of five seasons when he played for the Edmonton Oilers in the National Hockey League. He is one of the toughest SOBs you will ever meet, and he continues to be a tough out in the game of golf. They call him Teddy. Please welcome to for future considerations, Theo Peckham. Theo, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, it was it was parts of six seasons. I got one game my first year. Oh, okay. And there you go. Okay. I, wanna, I, wanna, I need everything I can get. <laughs> How have you been? <laughs> I'm good. Um, I'm busy. We've me and my wife. Uh, we've moved back to to, to Sunny Owen Sound. We're actually we actually live in Terra now, but um, we've been back for about six years. We started a little family here, and um, we've got three kids under. So we're, we're, we're busy. <laughs> and you're a businessman. How many businesses do you have? Um, three. So we've got, um, a small little, well, small, it's, it's about 16,000 square feet department. <laughs> my, my wife, um, does an awesome job running. And then, um, in the parking lot, we've got a little place called Teddy Two Scoops. That, um, it's a little ice cream hut that I run. So I, you know, and then we've got a little um, golf bar downtown. So I, I stick to pretty much everything I know, which is golf and ice cream. <laughs> that's a great match. Yeah, right. That's a great yeah, match. That's not bad at all. <laughs> so oh, you're man. born in Richmond Hill, and now you're, you know, as you said, gone full circle, played all over the world and, and all of that, and, and back in the Owen Sound area. What did Owen Sound 
mean to you or, or what brought you back to Owen Sound and then getting a chance to see Hockey Day in Canada uh, in the community uh, and, and being front and center of that uh, was uh, was probably pretty special. Yeah, no, it, it was um, it was definitely very special. And, and even in the lead up to it, you know, me talking to my friends, it's something that will never happen again. Um, there's obviously there's like the craft fills and, and things like that where, where you might see, you know, maybe twice in a lifetime. But, you know, to have Hockey Day in Canada um, here in Owen Sound was really fun. And, you know, what what brought me back, I guess, to Owen Sound is my wife. Um, her family's lived here. Um, I, I want to say she, this is their third generation here. Mm. So, um, you know, my wife's father, my in-laws, um, they were business owners in Owen Sound. And when it came time to retire... I don't even really think it was an option to go anywhere else. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. And, and I, I have ties anywhere. So when it came time to, to kind of set up some roots somewhere, I mean, it was a no brainer to come back to own sound. Yeah. We saw you in at that hockey day in Canada on Sportsnet. How was the alumni game, by the way? It was fun. Um, I, you know what? I, I play in a, in a, in a, in a lot of alumni stuff. Um, I usually play senior hockey around. Um, this is the first year, this and last year, um, last year I only played two games, but I, I just, I don't skate anymore. I don't play hockey anymore. So the, the, the legs were a little, little, I, t- they were burning to say the least. <laughs> it was, is we didn't even get a warm up. So, <laughs> Well, I I walk into the the visit room and and it's set up by the OHL, um, you know the same crew that sets up the OHL games. So I walk in and turn the corner. And there's a case of Gatorade and and water and you know my head goes straight to well where's the beer? You know? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm thinking alumni game. Well, where's the cooler of beer? And I look, and the uh, the second, well, the first thing I see are, are three spin bikes. <laughs> and, well, what did they, like his stuts back? <laughs> and I see three, and I go look down the other side. And they've got spin bikes too, and I'm going, well, what the? Heck? So I start talking to the alumni guys, and I'm like, what's going on here? And then I checked the the schedule, and it just says seven o'clock on ice, short pregame warm up, seven o four puck drop, and I'm like, oh, what? what's going on here? Like that's like back when you played midget, you know? Like, so I, I went politely asked, like, is there any chance we could just go skate a couple laps? Like I. I haven't been on the ice in eight months. <laughs> no, you'll be fine. And I guess so. I guess some of the older, the older gentlemen in the alumni game, they don't like doing warm ups anymore. So, oh, they set the rules. Got it. Yeah. What had me confused though were the spin bikes. <laughs> so, no, it's. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was an awesome game. It was awesome for the community. Um, you know, I had so many families, so many kids. Um, I coach my my oldest son right now, and and all the parents and all the kids on our team that had a chance to go down to the to the events down at Harrison Park and be a part of everything that week. Were it was it was it was really good. So uh, speaking of kids, um, when did you first start playing, and when did you first fall in love with the game of hockey? How old were you? Um, I was, I, I was, uh, one and a half when my mom first put me on skates. Um, wow. I just stood there I, like, well, my, like my career, I just stood there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't did do a lot of moving, but she'll tell you that my first word was hockey, but I call BS on that. I, I don't think <laughs> that that's true. Um, she's been known to tell some fibs from, from, I mean, but, uh, <laughs> one of the things i do remember um i think i was i was four years old and i was sitting i was watching hockey night in canada if, if like my memory serves me I, I was watching detroit play and my mom came in and asked me if i wanted to play hockey and i i instantly was like yes please and i was I, this was when i was four so i i may be remembering the details a little bit but i mean it, that they kind of it stands out to me as, as the first time hockey was ever like presented to me and and then after that, I, I just it, it was just natural. I, I, I didn't like 
it, to go to the the thought to go to the rink was always a natural thought. It wasn't like, oh crap, like I have to go to the rink, or it was just like I was always excited to go play hockey. And um, I think a lot of it was due to like I only got to play during the winter, and then during the summer I'd be playing soccer or or t ball. I know I played a couple years t ball, but I only ever really got to play. And this was before. You know, it's kind of different now, but, you know, I could only play hockey in the winter and and I can't think of a time, you know, from one to 15 where I ever just stopped thinking about how excited I was to go play hockey, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. It makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, a 14th round pick by Owen Sound in the OHL draft. Um Talk about an underdog story there. What do you remember from your time at Owen Sound when you played in the OHL? <laughs> Lots of fists. Punched that lot. Back then, did most of the punching. I, I, I did all right in the OHL. Um, funny story. So I, I, I set the record for penalty minutes in, in Owen Sound. What people don't know is the timeskeeper, and I still see him around town. He used to share his candy with me <laughs> so every game, and he'd have Jolly Ranchers, gummy bears. And I don't, I'm not sure if he ever, like, if that was just the thing that we had, you know, like that was our thing. Because <laughs> I spent the time with him, right? <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's so funny, like, you know, 14th round pick and, and this and that, like when, when you're doing it, like you, you don't think about that. So like you come to camp and so I came to camp my first year, I forgot to skate. That's a hundred percent true. <laughs> uh, I, so, so you remember, do you remember, you remember Andrew Bruce, right? Yeah. Andrew, good, good friend of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Brucey. I, when I moved to Tara, um, Brucey lived four, three doors down from me So in him, he, it, well, like he was the first person I knew in Tara, and he comes walking down, and, and we shared a couple beverages and talking about the good old days. But that—that's a hundred percent true. He um, does I, he still hold that over your head? Do you remember that time I gave you my skate? Not once. Um, the first time we talked about it, I don't even know if he he remembered that. I I I, I don't think he he thought that I remembered that. Um, but, <laughs> Yeah, that was so. So I get to camp, my 14th round pick. Like I'm pretty much like the the reason why they drafted me is they I there's a tournament called the Top Prospects Tournament, and it's a little bit different now. But before it used to be all the top um, guys in Southern Ontario, and then a few teams up from the U.S. would come, and it'd be like a, an OHL College Weekend. Um, now I think they do it separate. I think they have a college week and then a, a, a OHL. I'm not really too sure, but so I, I get um, and this is actually a crazy story. Um, at the time I was playing Double A, um, my my coach he was related to two guys that were scouting for an agency, and he kept he, he was after them. Hey, you got to let this kid play and on your your prospect team and. They're like, dude, we don't we we're dealing with like Andrew Cogliano was on that team. So they were like, what are we gonna do with the double A kid? Oh no, and, and then so they've got top prospects on their team. They were called the Black Knights, I still remember. And um so he's like, you, you gotta give him a chance, you gotta give him a chance. And they just kept saying no. So then a week before the tournament, they um there was another showcase somewhere. Three of their guys, their defensemen, popped their shoulders. Oh crap. so they, they get three guys that go down with an injury. Um, I get a call like that Tuesday, hey, do you want to go play? And I'm like, sure. I don't even know what this is. Like, I'm a double A kid. I like I'm going to the junior development camps. Like the the junior C trial, it's like I'm. What, what is this? So I, I I get there and I still remember I'm putting on this jersey. It's a little snug, you know. By the way, <laughs> the jerseys always were back then. But um, and the the, the two guys come in. They're, they were twins. Uh, their names were Steph and Serge. <laughs> Can't make it. These twins come walking and they go, Theo. Um, thanks for helping us out. Uh, we don't really know if you're going to play that much. You know, we, we, we just, you know, we'll see how you do kind of thing. So then I go out. Awesome. 
I, I played, you know, I was awesome. I fit in. I was one of the, you know, I was, I was okay. You know, I, I wasn't, you know, it was the top, you know, like I said, Cogs was on our team. So it was, it was the top guys in, in Ontario. I play really well. Uh, Saturday night, I, I go out and Saturday night at the prospect tournament is when all the scouts are there. Every it's, it's packed. Um, I go out and I beat up a kid from, from, I think, and just beat the wheels off of him. <laughs> and, Oh no! So, so the next day um, you go and it's like semifinals, but there's nobody there on Sunday because none of the teams are playing anymore. So it's it's empty. And in my head, I'm thinking like I'm going to a tournament. Like I'm going to go win this tournament. That means nothing. Sunday means nothing. So then it was a two weekend tournament. The next weekend, I had done so well, they called up half my double A team. Oh shit! Rest half of wow. us think that like. Okay, we got to give all these guys a chance now because you know I had you know for three games made a, a small name for myself or whatever, and then um, I remember I'd had a conversation with Ian McLean, Ian McClellan, McClellan. Okay, so I didn't get that right. I wanted to make sure. Um, <laughs> I remember I had a brief conversation with, him. and then so they ended up taking me in the fourth round and. When I came and did my my first interview um, with Stutz in the in the coaches, I just said the prospects camp when they come in and you do a physical, and in July you do a quick uh, quick uh, fitness test. I think it was June or July. When did they used to do that? June? Yeah, June or July? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting there with him, and and he's kind of looking at me, and I can tell like he doesn't know who I am. So sitting across from Stutz, and they're talking about like. You know, my fitness level has to, and I never worked out a day in my life. I was a double A kid, you know, like I training thick for us. We just were playing, you know, there was 700 of us in Toronto that were just playing for fun. And then she's like, you know, because I remember while I was doing my fitness test, they were kind of laughing because like I I wasn't like I'd never worked out a day in my life. And um, (laughs) and they used to do this. This is back. They used to do um, your body weight for bench press. So they say, how many reps can you do of your body weight? So I get on the scale. I'm 216 pounds, <laughs> 15 years old, and and big Pete McDermott is standing over the the the, the, the bar bench press. I I get this thing off and a boom smack. <laughs> They're trying to rip it off of me. So like. <laughs> He's, he's not really – he's like giving me like the, the you know, you got to get in shape. And, and I still know he, he can't oh, place. Good. And then he goes, like, where do I – did you did you fight a guy in that top prospects tournament? And I said, yeah, that was me. And, he go, and it was like a light bulb went. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then uh, that summer, I went uh, – I trained with my uncle, uh, Bill McDougal. Um, and so Billy Mack, he, uh, he played a little bit in Edmonton. He actually, he set, he set a record in, um, the American hockey league that they, they say will never be broke. It, uh, it was 16 playoff games, 26 goals, 26 assists. So he was legit. That was back when Cape Breton had a, a farm team. He, he won the Calder cup there. So I, I went and lived with him for a summer and came back and was just night and day. And then, but then, so I walk in, I do the fitness test. Like I'm, I'm like, you can tell I'm ready to go Yeah. <laughs> and uh, go to get on the ice. And I forget to skate. <laughs> I, I don't know. So I go like tail between my legs. I go out into the, the did somebody find me a skate? <laughs> so then I, I long, like, well, make a long story long. Um, Bruce, he let me borrow a skate. That year I didn't make the team. Um, it was a 48 hour rule that year, but the year after the next year, um, I, it's funny that the same skate that I, I, I had Brucey's wheels on, um, <laughs> I remember we're doing a one-on-one drill and again, uh, actually, sorry, sorry. This was the second year. This was the year I made the team. Um, I found out pretty quick what the OHL was all about. Um, we were doing a one-on-one drill and Brad Richardson came down on me and I didn't know Brad, like, I don't, this is before the internet. So you don't know who's who. And he tried to take a shot through my legs, and I kind of – I can't open her him back when you could do that. And he didn't like it, so he slashed me. So I popped him. And then before I knew it, Devereaux, Harvey, like four guys on me. And I, I was 
grabbing me and punched me. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> you can't, you can't oh. go after the best guy in the team. But you know what? And, and I think from that point, I, I think, was that my first year or my second? <laughs> it might be my first year because if Devo was still there, RV guys that I, I never, I didn't play with them, but um, it, it just kind of showed them that like it didn't really matter, and I, I brought that attitude with me to the NHL. I remember there, I went on a run where I was picking on uh, like I think I the, the when I fought Claude Lemieux, the next game I think I went after Mark Recchi, and like I was just getting like it. it the you were just you were just making friends everywhere. Yeah, and like nation <laughs> of like you know I don't really care who you are, um, but you know I. I <laughs> Funny story. I tried to, I I got in um, Owen Nolan's face once, and you know, like you you mess around with like the skill guys, and and they usually back off. And I used to to you know if 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 Bugard because I'm not gonna like guys. This is when he was playing in Minnesota with Bugard. Um, I can't fight Derek Bugard. Like I'm gonna get my. Well, that was the year he was breaking everybody's faces. So my my defense was I'd go to their skill guys and say I'm coming after you, and I'll never forget again. Not to change topics, but Owen Nolan looks me square in the eyes. I said, Owen, if Bugard hits another guy, I'm going to break your leg. And Owen Nolan looks up at me. He goes, Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not as scary as I think. <laughs> uh, b- before we leave Owen Sound. Because I know you fought this guy a lot. And then you were teammates. Phil Oreskovic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened. We, me and Phil, we, we just, I think it, 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 it's the problem was is we only played each other twice a year. Right. You know, but you fought every game, basically. It was always like a big thing when we played Brampton is me and Phil were going to fight. And we honestly, we didn't know each other before this started. Not sure what had happened. Um, I remember the second year um, what had happened and why I was so pissed off with him is we um, we had fought a couple times, I think the first time we played in Brampton. And they were good fights. I don't think anybody really – they didn't go either way. Um, and then they, they came to us. I don't think we fought – I don't think we played each other when they came to us. One of us was hurt. Um, but then the second year, um, we, we went into to Brampton – and I still remember it. We Phil, and this was the year I, I was I was playing well. I was playing more than I'd had before. Um, I think it was my last year. Um, sorry, guys. Um, and I remember we're in their building, and I, I'm playing like top line minutes. I'm playing against the other team's best line. So, you know, the priority is especially at home. Uh, or on the road is isn't to fight because there's no there was no there was no incentive to fight. Um, <laughs> there are no steak dinners to fight on the road. <laughs> we can talk about that. A word to me all game. I'm playing well. We go into overtime. I line up. Uh, I think it was back when the the four and four overtime. So I lined up as left winger and Phil comes up. He goes, Pax, let's go." So what? It's overtime. And then so he he's trying to fight me to get me off the ice in overtime so I'd be done for the game, right? So they take me out of the shootout, which is what they were worried about, having me in the shootout. <laughs> Nothing? <laughs> no, I, I, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> so Phil's trying to, to, to fight me at center ice, and he's making this big spectacle of it. And I'm staring at him like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, if you would have asked me 20 minutes ago, not even on the clock, literally 20 minutes ago, I would have said yes. And he's, man, then the crowd's going nuts. Their bench is all fired up. Oh, you're soft, this and that. So I said, okay, like when you come back to Owen Sound, I'm going to give it to you. And then what happened in Owen Sound happened and, and we, we had had a couple fights and they're, they're, they went my way, which, um, you know, when you're fighting in hockey, like I remember he pawed me right on the forehead before I got him with a good one. And I could have easily went down too there. And it, it's just kind of, you know, when, you, when you're fighting and, and two big guys, I mean, it, it can go either way. And then we fought the twice that game. And then sure enough, a week later, I get a call. I'm at home or I'm at the movies or some, whatever we used to do. I don't know. And I get a call. <laughs> Theo, it's Fuse. And Fuse never calls me. 
So I'm thinking, okay, Barry or London. Like, where, where <laughs> so he calls me and, and I, I, hey, shoots, what's up? He goes, we can't get any forwards. So I was like, oh, okay. He goes, well, we can get a defenseman. And I'm like, okay, sure. Is, am I going for him or like, I, what's, <laughs> he goes, it's Phil. And I go, oh, Phil. And he goes, is this going to be a problem? And I, so I kind of chuckled. I was like, I won, so not. <laughs> 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 uh, I sat next to each other. Um, we we were friends. I mean, like you know, it's water under the bridge. It's it's not. Um, he actually helped me out a lot too. Like that was the year I had lost a fight pretty bad um, to Justin Soriel, and I, I remember I got hit pretty hard in the in the temple to the point where I like I couldn't hear. Um, and my whole side of my face, I remember I was sitting in the penalty box. Um, <laughs> um, my head was swelling up. So I had to put my helmet on so that my head would stop swelling up to the point where I couldn't get my helmet back on. Oh, um, shit. And so I'm sitting in the penalty box with my helmet on. I go in, in between the first and second period. You know, I'm sitting in my, in my stall with my helmet on. And the guys are like, hey, hey, CEO, you can take your helmet off. And I'm like... <laughs> I can. <laughs> I take it off. It's not going to go back on. <laughs> and then, but then, so like, I, I had this little well. Like, I it was I like I just got I just got hit pretty hard and like trying to come back from that and fight again and and be you know gra- like Phil he helped me out a lot and he, he I remember one day he just pulled me aside he's like Theo just do what Theo does and he kind of did this like shake that I used to do when I was fighting and he's like just just be yourself man like you're good. And he, he kind of laughed. He goes, I know. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so was this at home? Because I don't remember the Justin Soriel fight. Were you eating a Jolly Rancher while keeping your helmet on? Or what's going on? Jolly Rancher. I was in the penalty box just that the scoreboard was moving. <laughs> so, we, hold on. Before you get any further, we got to hear about the steak dinners. What's the steak dinner? You know what? I, without getting anybody trouble for you know, steak game thing like that <laughs> there used to be a certain a, a couple steaks waiting for me if i if i used to fight at home somewhere somewhere in town um sorry, one steak um after i fought boris valabic there were two steaks <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, that was, I didn't get any money i didn't get a car or anything i got steak <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> and in the get the opportunity then third round the Edmonton Oilers what was draft day like for you and, and your family and and uh what was the the next uh little while after that like um it, it was it was interesting I I, I mean it, it was awesome it's it, it all happened so fast the draft and um they're they, they still I don't know if they still do it the the first rounds on the first day and then um, second, third, fourth, and up to the sixth or the next day. Do they still do it like that? Yeah, yeah. So I we go on the first day, and like I, I know, I know. I'm, I'm a real. I think I was touted like 65th overall. So I was like, you know what? There's going to be a chance that like 30th, 29th could take. Um, I don't. I remember the third. The 30th pick was um, the New Jersey Devils, and they'd always, I know, liked that kind of style defenseman. So. I knew there was a chance, and uh, they they think they that year they traded from twenty six to twenty seventh to twenty eighth. They kept working down the board, so I, we knew they were going off the board. Um, and then um, they actually ended up taking Matthew Carente that year, which was the same style, you know, that I was. Um, he, he was just probably in a little bit better shape. <laughs> which, you know, it, it is what it is, but. Um, I remember I was I was in an interview with San Jose, and uh, I sit down and and so if you ever go to if you've ever been to Combine, um, you sit down and and each each team's got you know a different way they conduct their interviews. Um, I go in and sit down with with LA, and there's two guys there. They're sitting on the couch, you know, very relaxed. I get, I get in there with San Jose and they got the conference room. So I go in, there's 15 guys around a round table. You sit right at the front and they, one guy leans in, he goes, Hey, Theo, how's it going? And I was like, 
hi guys he goes what's your body fat right off fastball down the middle so wow i don't know about 13 13 and a half percent he goes our guys don't touch the ice till till 11 and i looked at him i was like you better not draft me then (laughs) 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 and then they uh they didn't uh they actually didn't ask me any more questions about myself they went straight to um so if if, if a guy to go to who was you were scouting for other guys then yeah they went (laughs) what do you mean i go like if you pick you know you had to go to battle with who would it be i go marcus carroll right away nice well because he was he was younger right so i i'm gonna give him a biscuit because maybe they're thinking about taking the next and they go, oh, okay, cool. Who else? <laughs> okay, who else? Igor Gongolski. So they, we run through six or seven guys. They go, okay, Theo, what do you think of Mike Angelitas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike's a great guy. The draft, we, we go, the, the next night um the next day i get picked um i actually don't remember hearing my name get called um there were only two players in the draft that year from owen sound um one was me one was bobby sanganetti and uh, he went the previous day to new york so as soon as they heard from owen sound um when owen edmonton picked as soon as they said um from owen sound everybody in my kind of section my agent uh, the two twins were there um search Yes, sir. Urge, they were there. Uh, my agent was there, um, and my mom, and they kind of cheered. And then I just assumed it was me. I didn't actually hear them call my name. <laughs> so I walked down, and um, JJ Hebert, still with the Oilers, I believe, um, he gave me a jersey and went back to the pitch. It, it's not as glamorous when you get drafted anywhere after the first round. Like, there's no like presentation. They just a guy comes and gives you a jersey, and then you go wait in the back to start taking pictures with the pucks and, and sticks and stuff like that. And then, yeah, and then we um, we <laughs> we uh, that night um, it was Vancouver, so there's a certain est- establishment in Vancouver that frequents hockey players. Um, we, all, we all found out about pretty quick. Um, I was lucky; I was you know 18. I was actually 19. Or was I 19 at the time? I might have been. I don't remember. It was eight, 18 turning 19. Um, yeah, we. <laughs> I'm not going to tell the full story, but I wasn't old enough to be in there. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> that we all walked in together, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, we all oh. went, and it was really cool because we 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 had a little group um, of guys. You know, me and Anthony or and Chris Stewart, we we played shinny in um in Scarborough together. We used to play midnight shinny together. And and if you're familiar with Scarborough, there's the Camp Ice Sports. I don't know if they still have it, but it used to be five dollars at midnight. You can you can skate till three in the morning. So oh, me, wow. uh, Robert quit. He played for Windsor. Uh, Simmons. Um, uh chris stewart a bunch of us we all used to go there and and we uh, like me and stewie we weren't even like that close of friends we would just meet like i'd be there and he'd be there and then simmons would be there and we had pretty much this all always skate that would literally go to a place in scarborough at midnight like it was almost some underground like cool but we we uh, a bunch of us that got drafted were all out together that night and then the next day we all went our separate ways and like we all got drafted to different teams, and it, it was as as cool as it was. It's kind of sad, like buddies, friends, and then you don't see them again for ten years until you're, you know, on hockey day in Canada, and you're fighting Chris Stewart at center ice. Like that, I know. Like it's it's real. Like you, you go from being out at a at an, an establishment together to the next game, he's burning you wide, and then your coach is screaming at you. To the next time, you're fighting at center ice. You know it's. <laughs> It's pretty surreal, but um, that's how it happened. And when I came back, um, I uh, I think I went to a, a couple development camps, and and then the kind of the rest is history. Um, still using wood, I was still using wooden sticks at the time, and I think I was the last guy in on sound to, to ever ever use a wood stick. <laughs> um, claim to fame, claim yeah, to fame. A lot of you know, <laughs> only guy to ever do that. 
<laughs> and so February February 13th, 2009, which is almost exactly 14 years ago to the day, you're called up to the NHL from Springfield to join the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers. Um, do you remember that phone call? And what do you remember I, about that day and oh, that, in your first game? I'm in a Quiznos by myself having lunch. <laughs> I, don't know, I was having a chip chicken carbonara <laughs> and like we actually that year wasn't that bad in Springfield we were okay it was the year after we'd, we'd set a record for losses for them we, we'd lost the last day the last game <laughs> leading uh, the last game of October and the first game of December and everything in between like wow. we were eliminated from playoffs, and so it, it, it was. It, we were doing okay that year, but it was a darker city. Um, so I'm sitting in Quiznos. <laughs> I get a call from Carol Appleton. She's the the kind of the the player liaison there, and she goes, "Congratulations!" And I'm like, "For what?" <laughs> she goes, "What?" And I go, "What are you talking about, Carol?" She goes, "Uh, uh, call you back." <laughs> what all right oops so, I'm like, what what like did i win a car <laughs> congratulations you've won a free trip just uh, then my phone um pops up kelly buckberger and i start shaking instantly and like i know like like this that um so i get on the phone with kelly and he goes go get it you know i say hey <laughs> he goes what are you doing i go having lunch <laughs> he goes go grab a shave and a haircut you're going up and i was like i instantly saw <laughs> i start crying i'm in quiznos by myself crying like <laughs> i'm thinking like then i call my mom and i'm like i did it i did it and then um so I get on the plane. Um, it's it's kind of crazy when you get called up. Like if you don't really know what you're doing, like um, that. So I get called up to Columbus. I, I fly to Columbus the next morning. Uh, actually, you know what? No, I think um, it was about twelve o'clock when they called me. Uh, my flight left at four, so I went got got home. You know, shaved, got got a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> to columbus and like there's nobody there it's just like you get a text message this is the hotel we're staying at pregame um the bus for pregame leaves at like nine o'clock so i get there i'm like still a kid like I, i'm 20 years old at the time i don't know anybody's cell numbers like it's not like i've been going up and down and like so i i, I ordered dinner and i'm sitting there in this king-size bed like you gotta remember, I've been playing in the American League, where like we're ordering turkey grinders after game <laughs> uh, for their for their pizza. Like it's not it's not quite like it is today. It's it's more you know it's more rugged, so to speak. And I, <laughs> so I'm in this five star hotel in Columbus, which is it's Columbus, but. <laughs> 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 What's gonna happen? So the next morning, I get on the bus and um, I like I'm I'm still like like I don't even want to look at anybody. <laughs> and like like it, I'm pretty sure they were already eliminated from playoffs. Like it was a nothing game. Like and, but for me, it was like it meant the apps obviously it meant the world. And I remember they 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 had a set um, pregame skate. They did the same thing every day. And I get out for my first drill at Stevie Stales. <laughs> That asshole. <laughs> he, uh, or a four, um, four blue line drill where um, the one side leaves, they pass you the puck, and you kind of go D to D to the other blue line. He takes a slap shot. <laughs> but, like, flat on the tape, and it blows my stick up. And I'm so nervous. And he starts, they all start laughing at me. And, um, yeah, and then the rest was kind of history. I went um, I, that night. I, I had a really good game. Um, I, I remember this was before, like, the internet. So when I did my rookie lap, like, I truly didn't know I was going out there by myself. <laughs> now uh, they kind of rookie lap. Before, like, we didn't know that we were doing that. So I get out there, like, pack Selena sauce. Go get him, kid. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go get him. <laughs> I stayed around. And I'm like, oh, God. 
um, it's uh, it, it was cool. And then I I, I had a, a really good game. Um, I remember I had fought Jared. Uh, was it Jared Bull? Um, a bunch, and he was on Columbus, so I tried to get a fight with him. I couldn't. Um, he ended up fighting Zach Storch. I asked him, and he was like, "No, no." And then he looked at Storch, he's like, "I'll fight you, though." <laughs> <laughs> like I knew. Like, what's what's he's he here, and you know, just kind of a lose lose. I I I done all right against him in junior. So if he loses against me, then it's it's not it doesn't look well. So I like I get it, and but I had a pretty big hit, and sure enough, I I crushed the guy, and I get back to the bench, and Steve Stales is just grinning ear to ear, gives me a big pat in the head, and it, it was awesome. Um, and then I yeah I I, I remember um they uh, we get on the bus after, and it's it's just it's such a it's so crazy the difference at least back then from the always hungry league to the never hungry league, and like you, you, you get off. <laughs> So in the American League, you get a like I said. So there's a there's a there's a cup over on top of the Gatorade cooler. There's a little menu from Terry's Pizza and, and Hoagies and Grinders. Pull <laughs> them down there, and um, you, you buy your meal and you put sixteen dollars in the cup, and then you get on the the bus and you go either pick it up or it's delivered. It's all cold and. And then, so I get on the, the plane for, and, and I'm in the NHL now and, and there's tray, there's sushi, there's this, there's chicken, there's steak. And I'm just like, holy smokes, they're <laughs> eating turkey grinders, struggling. <laughs> trying to make and then like, if anything, like it's just the treatment is just so different. And I'm sure it's all, it's all different now, much like even, you know, the, the treatment in the OHL is all different. They, they, they bus everywhere day before games. I remember we used to go to Erie. 8 a.m. Everybody on the bus drive eight hours to Erie, play, and then drive right back home. Right, it's so they get get mad at you when you when you lose. (laughs) (laughs) Theo Theo Peckham is our guest. Uh, Earlier, he was talking about watching the Red Wings as a young kid, and he scored his first NHL goal against the Red Wings, November 11th, 2010. What do you remember from that? A top shelf clapper yeah. or what? one minute and a half left? We're losing. <laughs> so I go in there. I'm like, I'm fed up. You know, Datsuk's been stripping the puck off me all night. Zetterberg's buzzing around like Nick Lindstrom. <laughs> so I, I go down. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start a brawl. <laughs> so I. I, I I I skate into the offensive zone, which I I never crossed the I didn't cross the red line. I go to their front of their net, and I'm like, whoever gets the puck on their team, I'm just gonna punch them in the face. <laughs> sure enough, Sam Gagne comes out, wrap around behind the net, rolls off a stick right onto my back, right onto my uh, my backhand. I go under the bar with it. Six two minute left. Sweet. I, I skate back to center ice. I, Everybody's looking at me like they, they didn't even know I scored. Because, <laughs> like, I just, you know what? Like, you know what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was my birthday, too. <laughs> oh, shit. Do you have the puck at least? Oh, yeah, I, I kept the puck. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, it my birthday. When was it? It was my November 11th. When's your birthday? November 10th. Yeah, it was my birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you yeah. go in to start a brawl and you score a you goal. Like, I, maybe that's the secret. Maybe that's because I was trying to score goals. That's why I didn't. If I try to start brawls, you get more goals. I don't know. But yeah, was, my head that down. Is the, that is the least excited uh, story <laughs> we've ever heard of a first <laughs> NHL goal. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> then the next one I got, I, that one I actually sellied for. I up for Selly of the Year in Edmonton. I oh, hit really? Finals of the bracket. I, got, <laughs> I can't. I I think it was against Colorado. I want to say Colorado or San Jose. Um, I I can't remember, but I pinched in on a delayed penalty because that's the only time I can go in the offensive zone is when there's <laughs> zero risk. <laughs> I, I put it five hole on somebody. I went and jumped into the boards, and it was it was awesome. Um, yeah, because this was like I—I I truly I didn't cross the red line at the, at the beginning of my career. If I made a bad pass, like not even a mistake, a bad pass, I didn't play in the third period. 
So I, I was on the shortest leash possible for probably my first 60 games. If I made a, a pass in somebody's skates, if I anything happened, I just didn't play the rest of the game. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, good match. Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing you did do is keep the penalty minutes up. And that year was uh, when we were at 198 penalty minutes. What's 198 penalty minutes in the NHL look like? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I, looking back now, I, I wish I, I wish I, I had. I, I think I had more potential than I gave myself credit for. I really struggled with with some anxiety issues and and some other, you know, mental health issues that I think really, really, really you know, held me back from, you know, from, I mean, they say defensemen don't develop till 28, 29. I, you know, I can really believe that. Um, I just think it, it, like the, the, the environment I was always in was always, you know, uh, you could be cut tomorrow and I was just never meant to feel comfortable and, and they liked it that way. That's the kind of the environment they, they liked there. Um, from day one, I got sent down for my first American league camp, um, and like they, they, and then, you know, I'm not going to say who, but pretty much belittled me in the, in the coach's room until, until I cried. And like when I was 19, like I, I thought I was playing good. <laughs> That's the scariest part is I thought I was playing good and like just screamed at you and this and that. And like, I, I remember my wife uh, now, Whitney came down to watch with my mom and they were, they were yelling at me and they were like, how dare you bring your mom and your girlfriend down here? What do you think this is? You th and I was like, what is going on? And like to the point where like they just they, – they, they didn't want you to be comfortable. They didn't want you to think that you were playing well, that it was just a numbers game, the reason why you were going down. Mm -hmm. That was the year that they had signed seven guys to um, – seven NHL, AHL veterans like in front of me. And like I just wasn't – I wasn't staying. And like I kind of saw that happening, and then you know when when they called me in to to cut me, or not to cut me, but to send me down, it, it was like they couldn't just say, "Hey, Theo, it's a numbers game. You're playing well. You're gonna head down. You're gonna play some good minutes. Come back up when when there's a hole." It was like, "Screw you! You're doing something wrong!" Screaming at me for nothing, and like to the point, like I said, where I was like a 19 year old in tears, and then they'd stop. Okay, we got him. He's not comfortable. Get him out of here now. Like he'll go down and work harder because of that. And mm. like, I don't think I was built that way. Like I just wasn't the type, you know, going back to, to my childhood and stuff. Like I, I just wasn't, I didn't respond. I responded well to it, but I think that was my downfall is I responded so well to being, you know, kicked in the face that people just kept doing it. And then by the end, by the time I'm 24, you know, I just, I hate the game. And then that's it. You know, I'm not playing anymore. You know, oh, man. in terms of like a career, like shit, I, shoot, sorry. Um, I think I, I was, I was a veteran, you know, on paper by like 23, mm. 24, I I'd played 400 pro games and like just been kicked in the mud and, and in the face so many times that like, I just, I hated the sport and like, it's taken me a long time to the point now I, I actually sat down today and and really um like watched a lot of my clips and my fights and stuff like that and and really like watched them just to watch them not to to you know <laughs> cover up some sort of hole in my life you know what i mean like it's it's been uh it's crazy man and then like I, I i don't um i understand why why people go there and then leave and it's and again, I'm not going to sewer people. I'm not going to throw people under the bus. It, what happened happened, but you, you know, like in your darkest times when you need a friend, man, pro hockey's a lonely place. Wow. And 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 now, like shit, I I I own an ice cream hut, and I'm the happiest guy I've ever been. You know, yeah. like I, I I I hang out at a golf a golf simulator bar, and and you know, I tell my wife all the time, the happiest guy I've ever been. You know, and and it's crazy to think that, like, you know, coming from where I came from, and and you know, the contracts, the money, the the fame, the all that, all that's, you know, almost BS and what comes with it. You know, it's just not, um, it's crazy. I, I talked to a lot of, a lot of guys, 
um, that kind of, of went through the same things. And it's, it's, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors what you see on TV right now. And, you know, a lot of people are, are it's a, it's a lonely place, you know, and especially when you're not playing well. Did when you racked up those 198 pims in that 2010-11 season, did you feel like you had to fight to keep your job? God, yes. I mean, what it, what it like that? I broke my finger that year. I had a broken finger. Um, I, I it would have been 300 if I didn't break my finger and I couldn't mm-hmm. fight for a month and a half. Um, you, you have to, and even even you know at the time, I had somebody in the organization come up to me and say, "Hey, look, like we're we're excited to see you fight again." Kind of just look at you. Okay, yeah, as soon as I get the cast off my finger, I'll be fighting, don't worry. And it's 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 just it, it's it's tough because you know, especially for a guy like me, I, I didn't necessarily love fighting. You know, and I, I talked and I chirped and it was great when I was in junior because I was two hundred and thirty pounds and I was fighting, you know, who was I fighting? Guys like uh who was that in London? Like uh Jordan Shine. Mine <laughs> <laughs> is a eighty soaking wet. <laughs> Great, you know, it's all fun and games. But then you you go to pro, and like these guys are are trained to beat face, right? Like, and and you know, you 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 talk to 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 tougher guys, guys who have fought, and <clears throat> there's only ever two two types of people that that fought. There's guys, you know, like myself that were probably very intimidated by it, did it because they knew they had to do it to stay in the league. And then there are the psychopaths who love it. And like to, for you to, to sit across from a table with somebody and say, I enjoy fighting. No, we're, we're humans. We're not bred for that. There's something wrong. Right. And a lot of these guys, they love it and they, they want it. Like there used to be a camp down in Dallas where all the tough guys would go. And they would, <laughs> they would, they would work on they they train together, and then and then you know they'd work on grappling and fighting, and then all of a sudden it was like okay go, and they would start fighting. Wow! And it's like okay, so like not only are we doing this during the year, now we're starting to like, and it's just the mentality and like teach their own. And I'm not saying anything, you know. Well, I kind of am saying it, and it's a little negative about you know fighters, but. I'm not a crazy person, you know, I'm not, I I don't love fighting. So for somebody who was not, you know, (laughs) didn't love fighting and was filled with anxiety, you know, couldn't sleep, you know, and then, you know, I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't the toughest guy in the league, not even close. I wasn't the toughest middleweight. And I knew that. And at the time, my first year, we didn't have a whole lot of tough guys on our team. So if like I knew that chances are I'm going to be on the ice, I got to go do that. Right. And, you know, at this point, you know, there's uh, like I said, there's guys like Derek Bugard, um, I get Retief Ivanins, um, the, the, the list I can. Uh, <laughs> Who was the toughest guy you fought? Um, the toughest. Again, I tried to stay away from those guys because, you know, like. The, the worst thing that could happen is you fight one of the super heavyweights and you win. Mm. Like the worst thing, because there's, there's 16, 15, 20 guys waiting for you. You know, yeah. and that, that's the toughest part is if you go out and I I, I remember they <laughs> Goddard, Eric Goddard, Bugard, um, Peters, uh, all these guys. There's just every team's got one or two, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you, you just – I just wasn't built for that and – you know, I just wish I, I could have, you know, I wish I could have showcased some more ability earlier on in my career other than, you know, but that's half the, that's the reason why I got there is just being that intimidating player who could fight. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you know, chances are if say I, I go the college route and I go sign D3 somewhere and, you know, I probably don't play pro hockey. So yeah. it's, uh, it's tough. You know, I, I, I'm very appreciative for, you know, being able to play in the NHL and, 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 you know, that's such a, a crazy goal to be able to accomplish, mm-hmm. but it's, it's scary when you get there and it's nothing like what you think it's going to be. And, and it's just all of a sudden, okay, now you're just this like side pawn piece that nobody really cares about, you know, and, and for somebody who, you know, my wife will tell you, I need a lot of love, <laughs> you know, that side pawn piece that, you know, nobody really can. I, I, I didn't, I, I never felt it more than when I went to Chicago and I, I could just, I wasn't one of their draft picks and I just, I was just, you know, man, you know, he'll be gone next year. And, and I didn't, I by by all means didn't, yeah, 
I, I had my own set of issues and there was reasons why I wasn't playing in, in Chicago and, and in Rockford. And, but to, to say that, like I was one of their prospects, I wasn't, you could tell right off the bat and in my head and, and you know, the, the mental fortitude that I had at, at the time, I just, it was over, you know, wrote out uh, a contract there, ended up, uh, taking a, a serious long look at it, you know, in the mirror and, and with things that were going on and tried to play a couple more years. I think I went down to Wichita and Denmark and Slovakia and it just, I was never the same. I got knocked out. Um, I got knocked out by Nathan Horton and, and it was a real turning point because I, I, I never, and I remember I, I got, I, I was having a great game. I played two minutes. I had six hits. <laughs> so I was, I was, I was having a great game. And then sure yeah. enough, um, Horace comes and grabs me and I tie up. And then all of a sudden I'm looking at the roof and I had mm. no clue what, I thought somebody suckered me because I grabbed Nathan Horton. And I remember I'm like hanging, you know, you, you, whenever you come to in a fight, you get up right away. And so I, I'm crawling up his jersey and I get up and I'm, the refs are in and, and Horkoff all of a sudden is beside me. He's like holding me up by my pants. And I'm like, what happened? Did somebody sucker me? And he was kind of like, well, he, he might have caught you. And like he knocked me clean out. Like yeah. luckily I came to right away. It wasn't one of those, you know, stretchered incidents, which like I said earlier, when you're fighting and happen to anybody right and mm -hmm. it was it was my turn <laughs> and and i remember i was sitting in the penalty box and like when you when you get a concussion the amount of emotion that comes into your into your head it's it's, it's crazy like i'm i'm sitting in the penalty box fighting back tears mm -hmm. and like i'm sitting there and like tears are running down my eyes and i go over to the bench and and the trainer comes down there like pax you, we, we're gonna have to take you to the back and i was like i'm not leaving the bench and because i like i know i'm i'm probably you know, I just got knocked out. I'm probably okay. not. Well. And then I went back and like, it was just a sea of emotion. I just started like bawling in the back room. And like, you just feel like you've let down everybody. And like the whole, like, you can't believe that this has happened and you know, it's all over and, and, and this and that. And then shit, eight days later I was playing against, I don't even know who I don't. That's remember. crazy. Powerful stuff, man. Powerful well, stuff. And that, that was just the, the, the issue is so seven days go by. I'm doing the concussion protocol and I get I get to um, it's like the seventh day and they needed a, a player. They only had five D or something like that. So they I do the fitness test that, that morning. I have I haven't skated yet. Fail it, and then I'm playing a game that night. You know, so like, and not to say that like I I would have passed it if if I didn't have a concussion, <laughs> but like it, it's just yeah, that was a real turning point in my career, and I was scared after that, and yeah. I was frightened on the ice, and like I even tried to I, I got in a fight like a week or two later against uh, Clayton Stoner, and I did really good, and I was trying to prove to myself that I could th still fight, and then the the next year it just I, I just didn't there was something missing in me and like, I, I couldn't tell you what it was. Um, I just, I didn't have that edge anymore. And I, and that was it. And then once as a fighter, as soon as you lose that edge, it's gone. Yeah. There's, as soon as you start second guessing yourself, it, there's no bringing that back. And I tried to, to, to that year. I, I, I didn't, I think I played like 50 games another year. I, I get hit in the face with a puck in a game and then I get cross-checked in, in the face of the game. Um, I get healthy scratch for a few days and then all of a sudden they're, they're putting a, I'm getting a, um, an injured reserve form put in front of me. Hey, we got to put a new guy in the lineup tonight. Can you sign this? It'll just be a day. A month and a half goes by on the injured reserve you know so it's you know stuff like that that you just realize how much you actually mean to these people and mm. i mean Amazing. mind you i didn't give them much back in return and i can honestly say that you know i i didn't i didn't perform at the level that i needed to to be in the nhl mm -hmm. and that's completely on me and i'll never i'll never blame somebody else for for that but you know in 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 my deepest hours when i needed a friend and he'll never be out there and he'll never be listening, but I know who it was and he just wasn't there for me. And, and I'll never forget that, you know, and, you know, if I can ever <laughs> help somebody else out and, and like I said, I, it's, it's tough because I was 23. 
23, but I'd been there for so long yeah. that I, 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 they treated me like a veteran. You know, like I, I remember um, my rookie year, I got in trouble for being out with some of the younger guys and the younger guys did something stupid that they shouldn't have done in a, in a restaurant that a restaurant, you know, that we were in. Um, and then I'm getting blamed. Like, they're a kid. Why are you helping them? And I'm like, dude, I'm 21. I, this is my first year, too. Like, well, what did I do? Right. You know, it's so it's just like I said, I, I didn't perform at the level that I needed to to be in that league anymore. And by then I was done. But man, if if you could turn back time and you just needed a friend and, and it just uh, <laughs> made very clear to me that I had no friends. Last couple of questions. Uh, you know, February is Black History Month. We talk about the importance of the game. Um, you know, NHL likes to put out the slogan, hockey is for everyone. What do you think in your mind the league needs to do to you know, make that statement true. I mean, I got paid a million dollars to play hockey. That opportunity was there for me. Like it was there for every, every other boy, child. If you can bring value, I don't think it matters the color of your skin. And like, if I can be quite honest, um, I think by talking about it, we make it relevant. I don't think there's racism in the league. Um, People that have spoken out about racism in the past, you know, I think they've got I'm not I'm gonna choose my words wisely here. I think a lot of the times when you're in a situation where you can say, Okay, I didn't make the Edmonton Oilers because I was black, I think I didn't make the Edmonton Oilers because I wasn't good enough to play on that hockey team. I think, you know, the Edmonton Oilers have <laughs> I think they have the most brothers that ever played They're them in Atlanta. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, the the NHL doesn't discriminate. There there's I don't think there's any question about it. They they you know, if you're good enough to play, you play. Um I think personally that talking about it makes it relevant. Like I don't know if we if we have a a, a you know, it's called a Black History Night for the Own Sound Attack. I don't think if there is anybody who's got racist thoughts out there, I don't think that's going to change their attitude. You know, I personally, I think, you know, I know on sound, geez, how many brothers we got come through on sound? Uh, quite a few. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I think hockey's an awesome game. Canada's an awesome place. I mean, the, the opportunities that we've been given as a people in, in, in Canada, you know, are just amazing. And I, I really, I like, I, that's the best way I can answer that question because personally, you know, I've had instances in my life where. You know, people have have shown their true colors. Never anybody that had any decision in where my career went. Um, you know, so I mean, that's that's you know, I can only speak from from my experiences and like, I, I, you know, I'm lucky enough to live in Owen Sound, Tara, you know, <laughs> Terry, Terry, Terry. Um, you know, where, you know, if we look around, there aren't too many, you know, men of color in Terra and I have a great life here and that's all because of hockey. So, you know, to, to say that, that, um, there needs to be any type of like movement or push or, I don't think it it exists anymore, you know, for the people that still have that mind frame, you know, I I feel bad for them because they're, they're missing out on, 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 you know, they're missing out on life and and they're worrying about stuff like that. You know, what a great conversation, Theo, man, from uh, great memories to really deep thoughts here too. in the conversation too. Um, got to end on this. How's the golf game? Oh, um, I was a four last year. I'm, I'm up at about a seven, six this year. I actually just decided to, um, to, to try my hand in vlogging. I'm oh, really? really? Dress this year. Um, local hockey star <laughs> turns to professional golf or semi amateur professional golf. <laughs> Um, it's, it's coming. It's, it's, you know what? Golf is the true story of the process, you know, the journey, not the, the destination. So we'll keep grinding and see if we can't get that down to scratch this year. Man, wishing you all the best. Thanks again for the conversation. Some, just a great conversation, Theo. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem guys. Thanks for having me on.
Theo Peckham. Great to have him on our podcast. Finally, after trying to get this to work for a couple of years, if you want to learn more about his golf simulator business too, it's called Power Fade Golf. Uh, you can find it in Owen Sound. It's a great place to check out and work on that swing just ahead of the golf course's opening too. Yeah, and while you're doing that, make sure that you follow us on social media as well. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook. And don't forget, if you have any questions for an upcoming debate, send us an email for future considerations at gmail.com. We want to thank our sponsors again, Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition, and London Awnings, quality that shows. Thank you for listening to the OT. It's great to have the OT back. Get ready for next week and easily the most insufferable episode we've ever recorded as we prepare for the Super Bowl on Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their MO for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick, demonstrations in my entire career probably the worst it's garbage and the editor that let it come out is garbage you're still here it's over go home